Good evening, class. My name is Deidre, and welcome to Season 2 of Weird Animal Facts Explicit. This is a podcast for the average Joe and or Jane, who has an unsettling amount of fascination for wildlife, but are tired of the plain old boring lecturing voices that simply give you those generic facts you can find on the back of any cereal box. This podcast is a mixture between Zack Snyder's director cut of Magic School Bus and your nephew's random-ass YouTube channel that you don't completely understand but love just the same. As mentioned, my name is Deidre, and I was once a zookeeper before I died. (laughs) And if you're wondering why I'm talking like this, it's because it is October. The month for spooky Halloween. And on this podcast for the month of October, we dedicate the episodes to those animals most feared for no apparent reason. And I tell you why. You should have no fear of them at all. Then, as a special Halloween treat, for the week of Halloween, we learn about two animals that are not your traditional Halloween critters of the night, but are two animals you should most Definitely fear. <laughs> this week we feature the silent killer of the night. Said to be a ghost, a spirit, a vampire, and yes, some even say an alien. Who is this wide-eyed carnivorous creature of the night that sits up in the branches of a tree watching you with their steady slow-moving motion of a slowly dying meth head? Rumored to be the keeper of death and darkness, and the taker of souls. Be warned as I present to you, the deadly, the silent, the boogeyman of the night sky. Um, the owl. Yeah, yeah. You know, that cute, fluffy, stupid brain bird you see on TikTok, wobbling its head the way an infant does when learning how their eyes work? Yep, that one. The fierce, ferocious owl. If you are one of the many people in the world who are afraid of owls, there is a reason. A stupid one, but a reason nonetheless. And from my research, I found that the blame can be traced back to the ancient Romans. But of course, they'd probably blame it on the Greeks. So let's start there, in ancient Greece. When one thinks of the Greeks, we think of the Olympics the delicious gyro, wine, olives, and of course, their gods. One god in particular, or should I say goddess, was Athena. The goddess of many things, but most known for being the goddess of wisdom and war. And as many of us know, owls are known for their wisdom, which might be a great big step of an overstatement, but (laughs) we're not talking about that now. But this labeling came about most likely due to the fact that Athena had herself a little fluffy sidekick, the owl. Fun fact, in the Clash of the Titans, there's an owl that is sent to Perseus by the gods, whose name is Bubo, of which the Eurasian eagle owl got its scientific name from, Bubo Bubo. The reason for Athena having an owl is because, just like today, the ancient Greeks decided to build their shit over top the habitat of wildlife. Why? The Acropolis of Athens, must have been home to a cute colony of little owls before the tourist industry demolished it. 
But could you imagine how amazingly cute it would be to see all those cute little owls perched on top of the Acropolis? We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you accurate information. A group of owls is not called a colony, they are called a parliament. Because just like local government, they can be stupid. And yes, the little owl is a real species of owl. When I say little owl, I don't mean baby nor the North American's burrowing owl, who is adorable as the little Greek owl. I mean little owl, whose scientific name isn't as hard as I've made all the scientific names in the past appear. Scientific names are somewhat hard. Athene Noctua. Athene, named after the goddess Athena, and Noctua, which translates to mean nightbird. Which might be where the word nocturnal came from. Well, that's some pretty cool information, but but none of that explains why my aunt curses at owls she hears. While her cursing and fear may come from some other cultures that we'll get into later, but seeing that the Greeks had a lot to do with the world's history, some of her fear, even if it wasn't originated by this, could have been influenced by the ancient Greeks. All right, well, maybe, maybe more of the Romans. We've heard of the Roman Empire and how they had to conquer everything to make up for their small dicks, when they could have just found a nice olive tree to sit underneath and enjoy life. This might have been why the Greeks were conquered in the end, as they might have still been on a high off the psychedelic teachings of Plato, Aristotle, and Socrates. An unexamined life is not worth living. The greatest wealth is to live content with little. Happiness is the meaning and the purpose of life. The whole aim and end of human existence, man! As for the Roman warriors, they focused on war and the battlefield. And of course, they knew some of the gods of the Greeks, as most of their gods were based on the Greek gods. You see, just like in Hollywood, there are no original ideas anymore. How many more Batman and Godzilla movies can they possibly make? Imagine standing in formation with your fellow other troops, when across the wide field before you is your enemy. You squeeze tight to your spear as all men on the battlefield stand still with anticipation for the commanding officer to give them the signal to attack. Then, there in the still silence of the evening sun beats down upon your waiting body. A shadow flashes over top you and your Roman comrades. As you look to the sky, you see the silhouette of a bird. As it soars over top you and the other troops, you all watch in fear softly lands on the grass in the field between you and your opponent. Shit! You hear someone mutter as everyone standing beside you knows what happened to the last batch of Roman warriors who spotted an owl fly over top them during battle. They lost. Are you going to lose now? Properly. Because the ancient Romans were a superstitious bunch. And since Greek wasn't seen as your buddy back then, the owl kind of represented the Greeks and their goddess of war, who most likely sent that little owl there to kill you and your army. Or maybe just do fuck with your minds. This 
thought that the Romans had, that owls predicted unfortune or even death, only heightened with the death of some of their emperors. It's said that both Roman emperors, Augustus and Julius Caesar, heard an owl hoot just before they died, which may very well be the root to the myth that hearing an owl foretells your death. And since we're all dying anyway, let's face our death with... Bad Calls with Deidre. Now, I don't know which is more likely to predict a more accurate death, the audio recording of an owl call, me attempting an owl call, you attempting an owl call yourself, or hearing an owl call live. Either way, I'm going to read to you how the little owl's call is said to sound. Then you and I both will attempt to mimic the call based on solely how it is described. Then we'll listen to the actual call to see how accurate we are. Are you ready to face your death? <laughs> According to owlpages.com, the little owl has a fluttered nasal grahoot with an upward inflection repeated at intervals of several seconds. So let's give this a try. Here's the actual call. This has been Bad Calls with Deidre. If you happen to die soon, I'm very sorry. But to be honest with you, seeing an owl only means that you have less mice around because those owls eat those mice. And if you hear an owl, it's probably because the owl is just horny. Unless it sounds like this. In that case, it's pissed off, so leave it alone. But the little owl is only about the size of a pint of beer, so unless a parliament of 50 is coming after you, I think you'll be fine. Especially if you respect wildlife. R-E-S-P-E-C-T! Find out what it means to owls! Ancient Rome might be some of the earliest record of people allowing their superstition to get the better of them when it comes to owls, but... They aren't the only cultures that have a fear towards owls. And seeing how connected the world is now versus back in the Ides of March, it can be easy for all these different superstitions to get mixed together and then get blown out of proportion. Superstition, a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation. Meaning, we're afraid of what we don't understand. Example, witchcraft has been around for a very long time, and many spiritual religions or practices believe that owls have a connection to the spirit world. Some even claim that owls carry the souls of the dead to the afterlife. And possibly due to misunderstanding the whole point of their religion and their own ignorance and stubborn selfishness, they went ahead and labeled it all as witchcraft and those early Christians then decided to go ahead and make owls the symbol of demonic possession and Satan. Even though later on, Christians would adopt most of their celebrations. Fun fact, both Christmas and Halloween were originally pagan holidays. 
you know, those evil people they warned you about as children? Well, now we celebrate their holidays. Merry Christmas and Happy Halloween. <laughs> You're a pagan now. <laughs> All the fear towards owls comes from not knowing. The more you know about something, the better you can understand it and not be afraid of it. Or in the dolphin's case, know what situations you should fear. And I do mean fear. You think owls are spooky? Have you met a fucking dolphin? What about geese? Those are fucking scary. You don't need to fear owls. But because of the world's ignorance, owls have been turned to some very scary things. Even the great Greeks, with their goddess of owls, Athena, has the Strix. Although some sources say it was the Romans' creation, the Strix is a woman with the power to turn into an owl, the night demon who will attack infants and drain their blood. You know, like a vampire. And even if this vampire-like owl is fake, the name still haunts the owls of today. Owls like the Great Grey, Bard, and even the adorable Tawny Owl, all who share the same genus of Strix. Scientific names are getting harder. Strix Nebulus, Strix Varia, Strix Aluco. All right, not so hard. Mexico has La Lechuza, which Lechuza actually translates from Spanish to mean owl, but La Lechuza is a similar idea as a Strix. Only imagine a seven-foot-tall woman-slash-owl hybrid with a 15-foot wingspan. Its face is that of an old woman, but think the taking of Deborah Logan, not Betty White. Fun fact, you can tell I'm an animal person because while watching the creepy-ass trailer for The Taking of Deborah Logan, I was starting to get a bit nervous because I'm home alone and it's raining and there's weird noises coming from upstairs. Then, in the preview, they dumped out a bag that was filled with black snakes and I audibly went, aww, because snakes are fucking awesome. All right, now I have to watch this movie just for the snakes. And on that creepy-ass Deborah Logan face of Lechuza, of La, La Lechuza, and on that creepy-ass Deborah Logan face of La Lechuza can appear an owl beak. The eyes at time are as white and as empty as a racist soul. And if you hear her calling outside, which is said to sound like a baby's cry, but if you ask me, it sounds more like a barn owl screaming. <coughs> which is even more terrifying. Don't open the door, because if you do, you'll die. And the next morning, if you hadn't opened the door the night before, you'd see scratch marks on your door as she was trying to get inside to kill you. And why does she want to kill you? I don't know, it's a fucking made-up story. Who knows? She probably got made up to keep kids from sneaking out at night. That's all horror stories are. They were made to keep kids from doing bad shit. All horror movies from the 80s were made up to keep teens from having sex. You ever see Friday the 13th, Halloween, Return of the Living Dead, Prom Night, or Nightmare on Elm Street? Boinking a lady when you're young results in getting stabbed when you're hung. Fun fact, according to Welsh culture, if an owl hoots outside of a house, it means that a woman inside has lost her virginity. I really wish an owl hooted after I lost my virginity because that, I think for me, that would have made it a lot more special. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Why It's an Owl! And why are they so spooky? We'll put 30 seconds on the clock. Your time starts now. 
What are the three creepiest physical features about now? Oh, their large, possessed, empty eyes that look to always be staring at you. Oh, the devil horns on some of their heads. Oh, and their exorcism-style neck. Correct! What are the three behaviors that add to their creepiness? Most only come out at night. They can sound like a ghost goblin, and they can hear the heartbeat of a mouse. Correct! Wait, wait, what? Wait, owls can hear my blood pumping? Well, technically the science has shown it's the barn owl, but... Could be more so, yeah? Oh, ew. That, that's not possible. How the hell do they do that? It's it's the devil, isn't it? No, it's it's just their anatomy. The barn owl's facial disc is shaped so it funnels sound in, and they have an asymmetrical ear so that the sound can hit their ears at two different times, making it as though they can see with their ears. But the devil made their ears like that, right? I... I don't think so. It's Is that the end of the questions? Like, have I won yet? That's the best part about this game show. Just like the turning of the owl's neck. It never ends. But it does. That's not what the contract you signed said. Wait, what? Uh, I, I want to go home. Can I leave now? <laughs> Over the course of my zookeeping career, I have worked with many owl species, from burrowing to barn to Eurasian and screech. And I worked with these owls on a daily basis, and many times they'd hoot at me, and usually I'd hoot back. But throughout my 10-year run, neither me nor anyone close to me ever died after any of these daily owl encounters. So either this is all bullshit brought on from paranoia and prejudice, or I'm a witch. And the latter may be true, as some pagan beliefs say that hooting back in an owl will bring you good fortune for the rest of the month. Which is definitely something I always do. Hoot back at owls for good luck. Hey you there at home, do you want some good luck for the rest of the month? Well, go find an owl, and if they hoot at you, you need to hoot back. Then you will have good fortune! This advertisement brought to you by Owls of America. If having good fortune is a magical power given to you via owls, then... Wouldn't you want to be on that boat rather than the dead Romans? The pagan religion, as well as many others, see owls as something to be cherished and respected. If you hear an owl hoot, since owls are connected to the spirit world, it's believed to be sending you knowledge. And whether that knowledge is that you're going to die or a witch is nearby, well, uh, that's up for your interpretation. But to meet an owl at night does mean you'll gain luck in business, so there's that. In Aboriginal cultures, bats represent the spirit of the man, and owls represent the spirit of the woman, therefore making them sacred. Hear that, men? Women are sacred, as are owls. In Chinese culture, the feng shui owl is a symbol for good luck, wisdom, and protection, and many of those beliefs are also shared with the Japanese culture. And when it comes to owls themselves, they are very beneficial to the ecosystem. And guess what? Your part of the ecosystem. Therefore, the owl benefits you. And I'm not talking about this spiritual magic humbo jumbo shit. I'm talking about real life. The most obvious benefit owls give us is pest control. And sure, you live in a nice house with walls and are very clean, so no rodents or cockroaches ever find their way into your home. But what about your food and wine? Not the food in your cupboard or the wine in your pantry. I'm talking about the where 
your food and wine starts in the fields. As many people know, pest control can cost quite a lot of money, especially if you're poor. Imagine you moved to the Pacific Northwest United States to start a brand new vineyard. And seeing that those grapevines are your means of funds, you're going to be needing to protect your crop from mice and insects. And seeing that you're in the hippie state of Oregon, you better not be dredging your grapes in pesticide. So instead of poisoning your crops and the animals that live on the land that you just stole from them, you need to think of a different way to protect your assets. But don't worry, because lucky for you, nature is on your side. Because as you are sleeping, Mother Nature's own pest control is out there, helping to protect your precious vineyard. It's estimated that a family of barn owls kills over 3,000 rodents in a single year. Think of how much more wine we'll have to drink. And landowners with crops to protect are doing something that the Romans and many other cultures with that irrational fear of owls would not like. They are inviting the owls to their land. By creating and presenting barn owl nest boxes around their property, landowners are setting up a private vineyard view suite for the owls in exchange for their appetite, which includes an all-you-can-eat buffet. If you would like to learn more about how you can purchase or build your own barn owl nest box, then click on the link in the episode description. And even if you aren't a farmer with lots of land and just have a backyard and want to encourage barn owls to nest near your home, then look into this option. Just make sure you don't let any of your really small pets outside unsupervised. But don't worry, your kids will be just fine because even though owls do have a powerful grip strength, the barn owl is pretty wimpy and only weighs as much as that charger for your MacBook. But one note of warning, that is, if you choose to invite barn owls into your yard is, remember that terrifying baby cry that the Lelachusa will do to trick you to get you outside and then she'll murder you? Well, that's the noise barn owls make. Well, at least they're pretty to look at. That is, when they're adults, as baby owls look like a an ugly-ass alien, and some people think they are aliens, especially if you've ever watched one of the scariest movies I've ever seen, The Fourth Kind. But I'll leave it at that. Halloween is the time of year where we want to be scared. When Netflix and Hulu only suggest horror movies for you to watch, despite your past viewing history only being Queer Eye for the Straight Guy and RuPaul's Drag Race, but, well, actually, I guess Babadook would be the horror movie for you then? But whether you'd like to step into the spooky folklore of the haunting eyes of the owl or simply appreciate them for what they really are, this Halloween season, it's up to you. Just as long as after this Day of the Dead holiday, you give owls and all wildlife the respect they deserve despite what the ancient Romans and early Christians would want you to believe about this buggy-eyed, fluffy, feathered, zygodacto-footed weirdo angel. Owls deserve much better. So join me in loving these spooky weirdos. And I'll see you next time. Stay weird.